those of you who've played hockey, and I'm talking about any level of this beautiful game, you know that one player that's either on your team or on the other team who just constantly gives you fits even if they don't score because they're just on the puck. They've got possession all the time. They dominate the game. Again, they don't necessarily score. You can picture that? Okay, good. Stick with me now. Good morning to you. Good Thursday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into football and or baseball, I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Pirates in the same place that you found this. Ricard Raquel is not a puck hog. He's not someone who's just going to... Pull the old Alexei Kovalev and see how many minutes he can hold on to the thing himself, even if that means covering all 285 of ice like a Zamboni or something for three straight minutes. That's not him. But he is on the play. He is driving the play. And yes, of course, he can finish the play when things are going well for him. Right now, they're not. They're not. We're six games into this season, and the team is two and four, obviously not great, and he's got zero goals and one assist. And it would be easy to say, especially when you factor into that, that just before the last game, he was replaced on the top power play unit by Brian Rust, that, wow, this is really something that's a problem. This is a concern. It's not, okay? It's the exact opposite. And I'm going to explain what I mean by that other than just being someone who really, really, really admires Raquel and his game. So far through these six games, he has, and if you don't care for advanced stats, just just listen to me, okay? He has a 67.14 Corsi 4 percentage. That's in all situations. If that means nothing to you, think of it this way. When he's on the ice, the Penguins are generating 67.14% of the shot attempts, meaning between them and whoever they're playing. The Penguins are generating just a hair over two-thirds of the shot attempts. That is the highest such figure on the roster among players who've been with the team through all six games. Number one, a guy with no goals and one assist is on the rink for what can safely be categorized as dominance of their opponent. He also has 18 shots on goal, and that's the fourth most on the team, tied with Jake Gensel. And he has, I really like this stat. This is a weird thing to throw into the mix, and it, it's it's my choice. But he's taken 11 hits, meaning he's been hit 11 times. That's tied with his good buddy, Marcus Pedersen, for most on the Penguins. You think, what, what are you bringing that up for? Well, if they're hitting you, what do you have? Right, you've got the puck. Because if they're hitting you without the puck, they're going to the box. That's interference. So he's getting 
on the wall. He's getting possession. He's digging in. He's finding a way to poke the puck loose, get it out where it needs to go, and to win battles as both Evgeny Malkin and Riley Smith will passionately endorse. They really will. They've loved both of them playing with him. They feel like he makes everything happen for them. So if you're going to praise Gino and Smith for all this chemistry and everything else that they've shown, you've got to understand that the possession begins with 67. Now, again, once more here, I'm not making an excuse for Raquel to have no goals and one assist through six games. What I am telling you instead and I don't do a whole lot of predictions on this show, is that this is the classic case of someone ready to bust out and to bust out in a big way. This is where all the numbers align. This is where all the video studies align and tells you that guy right there is about to pump some goals. And he is. And you're going to see this. And you're going to remember that it was this episode that led you into that thinking. I hope anyway. When we come back, J1Q. J1Q comes from Eric, who says, DK, we all know Jeff Carter shouldn't be playing. This is just a symptom of the real problem, which is Mike Sullivan. He's shown that he's unwilling to adjust his system, to change line combinations, or to bench Carter. Will Kyle Dubas make this decision for him? The clash between Sullivan and Dubas over Carter has been cited so many times, including by me, I'm not some exception to this, that it almost feels like someone should make a movie trailer out of it. You know, not the full movie, just the trailer so that we can get a glimpse of what it'll look like. I don't know. I don't know. I I know this much. I'm not looking at the fourth line as Carter dragging anybody down. I did that a lot last season because it was true. Wherever Carter was, no matter which line, no matter which position, no matter which zone their play started in, any of it, he was the guy dragging people down. You can see that over an 82-game regular season. You can see that when player X is next to Carter, all of his numbers go down. Player Y next to Carter, all of his numbers go down. They move to somebody else, and all of a sudden, they're better players. That isn't there yet, not through six games. What I see, what I see with my eyes from press boxes is that neither Matt Nieto nor Nolachari are doing a damned thing. They don't look any better or worse than Carter. In fact, there are times when Carter looks better than the other two. So I wonder if they're dragging him down in a brazen flip of the script. So since I feel like I already know plenty about Carter at this age, I've been paying more attention to the other two. And I gotta, I don't see anything. I don't see any of what was put forth by the Penguins regarding these two, including, not to be mean here, but some of the players 
who shared stuff, especially about Nieto. This is a guy you can slide up and down, you know, first line, second line. He's a Swiss Army knife kind of. No, where? What's he doing that would support anything like that? And how did he get the goals that he got in San Jose? I have no idea. I have not seen this player in Pittsburgh. Doesn't mean he's not going to get better. Doesn't mean it's not in there or whatever. It doesn't mean that people were lying about his past. I'm just saying through six games, I have not seen this player. I have not seen anything close to what was put forth about Achari. This is a physical guy. He's like your Brandon Tanev and he's going to make things happen. He's an agitator. Teams come after him. Where? Where's, where's this player? Nothing of the kind has come close to taking place. So before I I lock in again on Carter and start firing away there, I don't like any of that fourth line. I've liked the third line a lot over the last couple of games. It'd be nice if Lars Eller's clang off the crossbar had gone down and into the net, shorthanded, make the building blow up, and all that other good stuff. Didn't happen. Didn't happen. But I've liked the third line. I've liked a lot of what I've seen from those guys, meaning Eller, Drew O'Connor, and Radim Zahorna. I hope they're left alone for a little while. But the fourth line, nothing. Not a thing. And it's not just Carter. Not right now, it isn't. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Penguins. It's Penguins versus Avalanche tonight. It's a 7.08 p.m. face-off. I'll be up there covering it for DK Pittsburgh Sports, and we will do another one of these tomorrow.